Prime Minister's Office, Pretoria, the 6th of September, 1941. With my gratitude and good wishes, Jan Smuts, Field Marshal. The 27th of November, 1941. Number 298186, Corporal P.M. Richards, W.A.A.S., M.E.F., U.D.F., care of the Army Post Office in Durban. My dear Mum, Dad and Pamela. Well, here goes for my daily bulletin. I received a letter from you yesterday, for which many thanks. It must have come up on the Mauritania, which left a week after we did and did the trip in eight days. It brought our transport girls up. I went to the Great Shepherd's Hotel yesterday. It is a magnificent place. Very continental, though. They're inclined to overdo things a bit. It was very interesting to just sit and watch the people come and go, as all people of any importance stay there. An Indian captain passed us by, and what a magnificent specimen. Very good looking, perfect features. I'm unable to read the word after perfect features. It has been removed. Um, by the sensors. You can see it's been cut out by a razor blade and the reason for that will become apparent on page two. Things are very expensive here. I had to pay six shillings for a small lipstick. So if you happen to be sending a parcel, please include a pair of stockings each time as they're almost unattainable here. I think my allotment will cover everything. Do let me know if there's a hitch, as I can make inquiries this end. You should receive the money at the end of each month, commencing from end November. I'm going into the city this AM to have my hair done. I had my measurements taken for my uniform yesterday. I can't quite make out what the measurements were. Apparently they're jolly good, which I think is very reasonable. I now have to have a pair of shoes made, and then I will step it out. Lynn and I are going dancing tonight and we're going to wear, have to wear our army issue while all the other girls will appear looking very smart and tailored. However, as I told Lynn, it's what's in the uniform that matters most. <laughs> Granny. I've seen the Chadwick girl and delivered her parcel. That beastly parcel caused me more trouble than it was worth. We had a funeral at sea. One of the, and this is where, this is the word that was cut out, one of the something fellows contracted pneumonia at Aden and was dead four days later. No resistance. It was very sad. Thank goodness we were not forced to attend, as I could not have seen it through. We have a very nice service club for women here. Some rich Egyptian has placed his home at our disposal. Beautiful lounges, library, writing rooms and bathrooms. A hot bath for one piastra. Tea and cake served for two piastras per head. I think I'll spend most of my time there. Later. We start work tomorrow and I wonder what speed in shorthand I'll manage. I've had such a long holiday that I can't see myself getting down to things. 
We all went out dancing last night, and it was quite good fun. The English ambassador and his wife were there as well, as a number of major generals, etc. I felt as if I was in an orphanage. We all went by troop carrier, and after the treat, we were herded back into the foyer and later transported back. I had another letter this AM from you, redirected from Pretoria. It has been wonderful receiving a letter a day from home. We're going out to the pyramids this PM, so in due course you will be receiving a photo of yours truly on a camel. There is still no news from the front, but the hospital are contacting me the moment they admit anyone whom I know. The brothers, that is. I believe the news is very good and we haven't had many casualties, although the press reckons we have. I phoned the hospital weekend Simpson, but he had already rejoined his unit and has quite recovered. I'll write again in a few couple of days' time. Keep your chins up and don't worry unnecessarily. Things aren't as bad as you think and don't listen to anything anyone tells you as there definitely has been no authentic news through yet. Kiss for Pam, or should I say, Pam Lover. Love, Phyllis. The 4th of December, 1941. Number 298-186. Corporal P.M. Richards, care of the Army Post Office, Durban. Dear Mum, Dad and Pamela. Well... I've had two days of work and I've managed very well so far. My shorthand isn't so rusty after all. I wish you could meet the men I'm working for. Perfect darlings and so considerate. And as far as work goes, I'm perfectly happy. Cairo is beginning to improve a little too. There is absolutely no law here. Everybody pleases themselves. They certainly are a free people. What stark poverty. Lynn is out dining with her husband this PM. She certainly has been very fortunate in having him in Cairo. But there is talk of him moving off any day. I managed a hot bath today. Wonders never cease in this place. It's ever so much colder here than in Johannesburg though. And it grows colder every day. It's funny having a Christmas during the winter season. News is beginning to filter through and the Springboks are doing a fine job of work. Not many casualties either. Ambulance trains continue to arrive, so our lines of comms are still intact. The Russians are chasing the Germans too, it seems. I'm so cold that I must creep into my blankets. I will continue later. I've arranged to see the dentist today. I know you'll welcome that piece of news. I hear he is very good. The hairdressers here are very good. I had a shampoo, three washings, and a wonderful hairstyle, all for five shillings. They do a perm for 15 shillings. The only snag is trying to speak their lingo. I've picked up quite a good bit of French to date. I don't know whether I mentioned about the dance. I was very busy trying to sort out Egyptian from French and black from white. There is no colour bar here and you will sit next to these 
filthy blacks wherever you go. They just about crawl into one's pocket. Most of them are cross-eyed. Jesus. They do it purposely to save them from being called up in the Egyptian army. Well, okay. Have you given the boys my address yet? My parcel hasn't arrived yet, but I expect I'll get it before Christmas. We're allowed leave every three months for seven days. I hope to go to Palestine for mine, finances permitting. I've developed an appetite like a horse, and these army rations still leave me with an aching void. Sometimes we have a good meal, and sometimes it isn't worth eating. Last night we had roast beef, green peas, cauliflower with sauce and chips, soup and sweets. The cook is good too, plenty of seasoning in everything. Later. I went to the dentist and I have to go to hospital for a few days. Apparently I'm in a bad way and they want me under chloroform and you know how badly I react. So I'm not looking forward to it. He says I've come in the nick of time as all the abscesses were poisoning me and now he intends on cutting half my jaw away. There won't be much of me left by the time these doctors have finished cutting bits of me away. I go to hospital tomorrow, so I will send you an airmail letter telling you all about everything. I feel perfectly beastly taking up a bed when all these casualties are coming in and I asked the doctor just to forget all about me, but he wouldn't hear of it. Well, I must get some things together as it, there isn't much time in the AM. My love to you all. It's so comforting up here to know that I have you three dear people waiting for me. Someone who really belongs to me and to whom I belong. I'm actually waxing quite sentimental and that's not allowed in the army. A soldier first. Keep well and dad, don't you worry unnecessarily. Your loving daughter, Phyllis. This next letter is addressed to um, Ernest Richards Esquire in Heidelberg. Uh, it has been passed by the censor and it is an airmail letter card. It was received in Johannesburg, or in Durban at least, on the 19th of December, 1941. Number 29816, Corporal PM Richards, care of APO Durban. Dear Ernest, I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing by writing to you, but I think you ought to know that Rutland is still hale and hearty. Norman has been reported missing. It's all very distressing and I don't know what to think. Perhaps you could break the news gently to the family. Much better coming from you. There is a chance that he may turn up. He is definitely not a prisoner of war, nor has he been killed as far as they know. I simply can't believe it. But they mess things up hopelessly and tis a wonder anyone escaped. 
The less said about the whole business, the better. But it's a damn disgrace. For heaven's sake, don't join up. And I know what I'm saying. Frank is okay. It's so comforting knowing that you are down there and that I can rely on you to see to things. Perhaps you could let them have Helen for a while? I know it's asking a lot of you and Sylvia, but we can't afford to allow mum and dad to suffer too much at their age. I'll let you know as soon as I hear anything, but I'm too scared to make further inquiries. I met an Irish officer while I was at hospital, and he says they're scattered all over the place. They're trying to find them all. So there's still hope for him. I can't tell you very much, as all our letters are censored, and I believe they don't let very much through. I hope that both you and Sylvia are better. Mum said you had seen a specialist, but did not tell me the outcome of the interview. Look after your health, for goodness sake. I'm so pleased to think that you, that Mum and Dad will have you all with them over Christmas. I'll be thinking of you all. I'm very happy in my work, and there is a fair amount of fun and games too. I'm lying low for a bit, as I had a rather tough time on the boat and I lost a lot of weight, but have managed to get a tonic made up, so everything will be plain sight sailing now. Do write and let me know how you're all keeping. Letters mean so much to one up here. I hope you all have a happy Christmas. My love to Sylvia and a kiss each for the babes. Your loving sister, Phyllis. Hmm. Dear Granny, I want to call you Phyllis. I want to know you as a young woman, as a contemporary, not a granny. You were a distant grandmother and not present in our lives, mostly because we lived in different countries, but also, well, we'll get to that at some stage. Phyllis Margaret Richards. I was named for you, you know. Margaret's my middle name. It's a good name, granny. I like it. Granny, I've read your letters from 1941, when you left for the war. From September, when you received a letter of thanks from Jan Smuts, and yes, I have verified the signature, when you joined the WAAS, which is the Women's Auxiliary Army Service. I'm currently reading a published PhD thesis by Estée Marie Kotzer from Stellenbosch University. It's entitled more than just pretty girls in uniform, a historical study of women's military roles during World War II, 1931 to 1945. Did you know, you probably did, that there were over 21,000 women who enlisted in the WADC, that's the Women's Auxiliary Defence Force during the war? And in the abstract of this thesis, it notes that this case study is situated in the historiographical debates on military culture, military masculinity and civilian femininity, the war taboo, and then, of course, 
the double helix of gender. <sighs> I'm already learning so much about you, Phyllis. And about me. I need this, Phyllis. Mummy always made must made so much of the firstborn generations of women in our family. And I've got that photograph of Omar, you, Mummy and me. Your mother and you, my mother and me. It's a beautiful photograph of us all together. That's where it ends, Granny. I had a son. He is beautiful. He's all grown up now, though. I have an adoptive daughter. She's my daughter. She came to me late, though. It's complicated, Granny. A lot of people say it's complicated these days. <laughs> She's special. Uh, so many people call her a mini-me. They don't always say it kindly. <laughs> I'm hoping that through this process, I get to figure out some things about me and some things about you and your family. I've always felt very apart from family, well, mostly because we've been physically, geographically apart. Daddy says I only met your brother Norman once when he was dying in hospital and that I hated him. According to Daddy, Uncle Norman called black people savages. And little me, all of six years old, had this visceral reaction of hatred and anger towards my great uncle and no one in the family's forgotten it. Good. I don't know if I can forgive you for your racism in your letters. It sickens me to read out some of the passages. It's very, very difficult, and I don't know that it can be passed off as just <clears throat> the times or what people were like. I'm finding it very difficult. Your great-grandson, my son, is mixed race. Oh, it's been a decidedly odd couple of years, Phyllis. We had a world health pandemic, a type of influenza, not unlike the Spanish flu of 1918, which of course you lived through, though you were a little girl at the time. But I'm gonna tell you more about that in future letters. I could tell you about the internet as well. And cell phones, imagine if you'd had cell phones during the war. Hmm. I live in Sao Paulo, no? Sao Paulo, no? and I have a wonderful, rewarding career in New York. I've been dividing time between South Africa and Brazil. The pandemic, like the war for you, took a toll on my personal life and relationships. It's been cathartic though, been unpacking some things. And honestly, some of those things involve you and mummy and me. Career-wise, like you in your letters, I'm on top of the world. But I'm exhausted, Phyllis. I'm exhausted. 
This podcast has been in the works since September 2021, which would have made it 80 years exactly since you received a letter from the Prime Minister, Jan Smuts, and since you wrote home for the first time in 1941. So I've done the 1941 letters and now I'm going to move on to the ones in 1942 and it is now 2022 so it is exactly 80 years. And this show, this is a podcast, is part homage to you, it's part legacy, because mummy kept the letters for 80 years. It's part tribute to the women who served in the war, to the women, the woman in my family who served in the war, who did their duty to their country, to, to the world in fact. And part of it, my part of it, is a journey. You were so, so much more than just a pretty girl in uniform, Phyllis. Try not to worry unnecessarily. Your loving granddaughter, Belinda Margaret. <laughs>